Welcome to the Average Theology Show. My name is Levi Sanders. My name is Hunter Harrison. And my name is Chase Schaefer. And we are continuing our series on Genesis. We are covering chapter 22 and 23. So, um, as typical, except we forgot last time, oh, we're going to yeah. give you a couple minutes oh, right. to read terrible. the chapters. Okay, ready to go? One, two, three. Sweet. Okay, that was some good <laughs> scripture right there. Every time, I love it. You read about Isaac mm. and about Sarah. Isaac. And we're going to get into it. Isaac so, and Jacob. Yeah, that's crazy. So what point in the story are we at? What, what What's happened recently? Oh, you always do that, bro. Um, you always do that. Well. Um, come on. So, I mean, at the end of last time we saw... We Isaac saw, has been birthed. Um, yeah, we saw the birth of Isaac. And we saw birthed. Abraham create a treaty with Abimelech. Abimelech. Mm-hmm. Remember Abimelech. And then, and then now we move into um, a- Abraham sojourned. Into the land of the Philistines, and then today yes. we we see Isaac. So um, God, this is a story that is very well known. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, if you grow up even remotely in yep. the church, yeah. you know of this event. This mm-hmm. But I think some of its significance is often lo- lost in the way mm-hmm. it's described, or um, how people tell the story so disconnected from the rest of what's going on around it. With Abraham and Isaac and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I just think a lot of times it's one of those stories that people just pick out and just, you know, talk about. Mm -hmm. But they don't really talk about what God is doing and how God is involved. Mm -hmm. Like, one of my issues with modern church and how it's kind of done as far as education. One of many issues. um, As far as education, like teaching children, is I feel like you teach it. Like, everybody's like, all of our young young adults leave. They'll leave when they go to college. I'm like, yeah, because the college professors actually at least attempt to teach them anything, even though it's wrong. True. Like you, you all all you do is take some uh, take some Bible story mm-hmm. and take it at, pluck it out of the whole Bible, and then teach the story to make it just a moral lesson. Mm. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. people like like. Or you kids, watch a cartoon about it. Right, but like kids get to high school <laughs> and they know a lot about David. Right. And they know a lot about Daniel and how he faced some lions. Right. But they, they know a lot about David and how he faced Goliath. Mm-hmm. They know a lot about Noah and he had this big boat with a bunch of animals. And they know a lot about Isaac or and, and Abraham, this guy that tried to sacrifice his son. But they know absolutely nothing about the God behind it all. Right. Which ties it all together. And then it's just like... Oh wow, we just grew up learning eighteen and years of Aesop's fables. Right. And I bet that, that doesn't gives help way anybody. to some of that like this man centered theology where people are like, This is your this is your Daniel moment. Yeah, exactly. This the stress and anxiety in your life is your Goliath. Oh, you've gotta if we were a fancy defeat it. If we were a fancy podcast and we had the buttons, you could cue Matt Chandler saying, You are not David. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're that not that fancy amazing. yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> that would be great. We have talked about a board. That'd be so fun just to like be able to play yeah. like. 
It's just expensive though. Just don't put it in front of me because I'll yes, he'll play I will play time. with it. Dude, I want a mini the piano theme thing where I could just like sit there and do like organ music every time Levi's just starts spurting off about like capital punishment oh or something like that. We need to get yeah, we need to get that <laughs> and do the you're not David and then also the snippet of Carl Lentz where he's he's preaching a sermon, he holds out his Bible and he goes, I need to read this more. And that's just like take that snippet because it's hilarious. It cracks me up. My favorite snippet is uh is like, Paul yes, Washer looking at the camera do. that just says blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's my that was one, one of my favorite that's ones too. Blasphemy. Okay. We could well, just do a full Paul Washer sound. Oh, dude, I love Paul Washer. I, I love him. That. You know why I love him and though? RC Sproul. What's wrong with you people? Yeah, he, RC Sproul is my favorite. But you know why I love Paul Washer? The reverence. It's because he he, <laughs> he cuts he you down. Off. On that one sermon when he was younger, they did at the youth conference. Yeah, the shocking sermon. Yeah, the shocking sermon yeah, on YouTube. The title of the video. He popped off on that sermon. Mm-hmm. He's super sound, super great teacher, mm-hmm. super down to earth guy. And then basically, like nowadays, like he's really just not on the map. Like he's just a pastor mm-hmm. of a. He's just chilling. Just runs ministry, does just missions. Being a faithful servant. Yeah. He just he, he has a little bit library that's filled up with just books and commentaries and a couple of deer that he killed. He's just like a down to earth guy. He's a super cool guy. He's so cool. <laughs> okay, it, so isn't it that sermon where he was like, he says something about they were like cheering or whatever, yeah. and he's like, "I'm talking to you." He said, "I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you." Yeah. Pause for a minute. That would be. Oh my gosh. That would be the sound bite we use on our soundboard. Yeah. Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> okay, one. so um. We're talking about Isaac today. Oh, yeah. So we see God tests Abraham. Oh, wow. Right? So he says, Abraham, Abraham. Um, take your son, your only son, and go to the land of Moriah and, and offer him there mm-hmm. as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Right? So Abraham rose early in the morning. He took his donkey and he took some of his young men and his son, Isaac, and he cut the wood for the offering and he rose and went to the place of which God had told him. Now, he got there on like the third day, right, a place mm-hmm. afar. And then Abraham said to the young man, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand, in his hand, the fire and the knife. So they both went together, right? And then here Isaac asks his father, my father, behold, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And then Abraham says, God will provide for himself the land for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together, um, onto the mountain. So I always found this kind of peculiar that Isaac walked with his father for three days without (laughs) questioning where the lamb was. And then finally they're going to go up the mountain. He's like, uh... We're missing a key ingredient <laughs> to the sacrifice here. No, well, I mean, even not, I, I mean, you got to think about Abraham here. He, it's like God's like, you were gonna sacrifice your son, right? And in the morning, it's not like right, a, it's not like a pleading between verse two and three, where he, where God gives the command, and then the next, the literally the next verse says, so Abraham rose early. He didn't seem wake up like in the middle of the day, well, maybe, like you know, I don't know, maybe a couple hours pass between the command and when he gets up and goes and does it. So yeah. and and we've seen Abraham is this kind of guy who's like, you know, he he doesn't necessarily obey God all the time. He he gets in a little bit of trouble here and there. Mm-hmm. So is this just him being incredibly obedient, or was there like this short time of Abraham having this crisis and being like, what? Well, that's what. What like, do you want me to do? Yeah, I mean that's the point of the story with this is with my son. Abraham. 
you know, with Abraham, we see a growth, I would say. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I really do. I just love the faithfulness here of yeah. Abraham where he's mm-hmm. just like, it's Based like, it, and it's not like being an immediate. It's, right. it's not like a thing where it's like, it's room for interpretation of like what's right. going to happen. It's like Abraham's straight up, like God told him, he's like, Hey, sacrificing you're son. sacrificing your son, whom, you, whom love. you love. He made sure he knew. He's like, you love him. I know, I know, yeah. I know that you know that I know that you love your son, and you're gonna go sacrifice him. And like, uh, oh man, wow. like, listen to that. That's such a distraction. I'm so sorry. Incredibly rude. <laughs> uh, but like in Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. It's the by faith passages where it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and he who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his son of whom it was said through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. And that's Hebrews 11. And I'm like, Abraham just had such a, a faith in God at this point that he was like, he he got up early in the morning. He he didn't know what was gonna happen exactly, but like he was, but he knew exactly what was gonna happen. But even if he had sacrificed his son, as it says in Hebrews, he was thinking that like God would even raise his son back to life, which I thought was very interesting because I feel like this whole picture, the entire time, is obviously of type and shadow of uh, the cross and the resurrection and everything, and mm-hmm. also then from just that passage right there of like you know uh Abraham believed that if he did sacrifice his son that he would be brought back to life. Right. And I and I see that, you know, my head goes directly to that whenever Isaac asks Abraham like where's the the lamb and Abraham says God will provide for himself the lamb for the offering. Mm-hmm. Right? And once again typing just just to Christ to say, I mean, we we couldn't do it. There wasn't a worthy sacrifice. There wasn't a lamb. So mm-hmm. God provided the sacrifice mm-hmm. um, by the sending Himself. Yeah, a substitutionary atonement. Right. Um, I thought I find it interesting that, um, or or worthy of saying, that when God tells Abraham to sacrifice his son, obviously the killing of another image bearer um, is wrong. That's sinful. Mm-hmm. Right. That would be murder if he killed his own son, mm-hmm. which is wrong. Right. So so God is not tempting Abraham um, to do something evil, right? Instead, he, he is testing Abraham's obedience. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. He's saying, Abraham, do this, right? And, and portray to me that your faith is genuine. We already know from where we read before that, that Abraham was counted just and was justified because of his faith. Right. Right. Because he believed. He faith believed alone. and it was counted righteousness to him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but we see now that faith actually worked out and p- portrayed through his obedience mm-hmm. and to to the test that God put in front of him. And a lot of times God puts difficult things, not murdering your family members, but he, <laughs> like in our lives, he'll put difficult things as a test of, of faith mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to say, hey, show me your faith is genuine, right? And And obviously God already knows that, how it's going to turn out, but right. um, which we talked about. But before. he uses that, you know, to grow for, us for sure. He uses yeah. that to grow us. He 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 prunes us, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what it says in the New Testament. Yeah. He prunes us, or he he through sufferings we are made more like Christ mm-hmm. as he suffered, right? 
Yeah, I mean, just so. think about the like after the fact of of God providing the um, oh man, what what is it the he he gives an ox, I believe, or what was the the ram? ram. The ram. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, he he gives the ram. Think about this is the testing part where God's growing him. Like after he's provided the ram, just the the how Abraham feels as well at that time. He I mean he he had faith that God would do it. He mm-hmm. he obviously is always going to, um, you know, always gonna in the end make his plan done like his will will be right. done and abraham knew that he he trusted in that and then also being faithful and then it coming to pass and and abraham trusted in god the entire time how he was being how he got grown from that experience as well yeah. I, I like how he goes he goes and he actually makes the altar with the wood mm-hmm. puts isaac on it mm-hmm. and he's about to kill him like he's got the knife right mm-hmm. and then and then the angel stops him, right? The the Lord stops him yeah. and actually says, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now, I know that you fear God. Mm-hmm. Now we've talked before about how God doesn't see new things or, or, or understand like it, it wasn't when he says, now I know that you fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. He is not saying that he didn't know before that, that Abraham feared the Lord because he was always counted. He was already counted righteous. He knew that already. But what he's saying is, I, I see that now. Like, although I already knew this, right? You are currently acting that out. Mm-hmm. And it's being made known through your actions that you truly do fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. Even though that was already a reality. Because of his obedience. Exactly what you guys talked about before. Mm-hmm. So then Abraham looked and behold, there there was the ram. Mm-hmm. And just the same Abraham... Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. Like he told Isaac on the way up the mountain, the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice. Yes. And then we see the the angel visit Abraham a second time. He, he visits him and he says, because you've done this and have, have not even withheld your own son who you love, I will bless you and I'll multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring will possess the gates of his enemies and in the offspring, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And verse 16 is, I think, a particular note because it says, uh, uh, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. My study note says, Abraham's action of offering up his son points forward to God the Father's provision of his only son as the final sacrifice for sin. Mm-hmm. How, how Jesus will take our place for our sins on the cross. Right. Like Jesus died and was a sacrifice for us. Right. And he was the ram, even though it should have been us, like it should have been Isaac. Correct. Right. Yeah. Correct. And that's what, I mean, th- that's what, what whenever you hear people always say, like that's the, that's the word substitutionary atonement. That's yep. the substitute right. for our, for the atonement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the atoning sacrifice. So, I mean, that's what it just, it points to Jesus. The entire Old Testament it's a does. Beautiful. It always is looking forward, always looking to that, to Jesus being that perfect sacrifice that we need. And it's just, it's just awesome to see in this and story there are right people here. People in this world, in the, in modern Christ, Christendom, who say we need to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. 
That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even getting to jump on that one. <laughs> Come on, why do you got to... stoke some hey, flames. Hey, you're, you're sure testing... Uh, <laughs> Levi over there with some yeah. patience. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of those guys who actually wrote a book on it is the lead pastor at Passion City Church. So there you go. No, 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 wrong one, wrong one. Oh, oh, um, that's that's a correction. That's Louis Giglio. I'm thinking. Oh, of a different okay, guy. I was about to say. I'm thinking of a different. No, I'm thinking of Andy Stanley. Stanley, which yeah. is North Point Church. Yeah, I think he and Jeff Durbin actually have a a debate online where about the Old Durban Testament debates oh my his goodness. point of saying that we should unhitch from the Old Testament I would want to not, watch not only Durbin I wouldn't want to debate any actually intelligent Christian no. on, on getting rid of the Old Testament absolutely not <laughs> this is absurd absolutely not okay but yeah so after that we see Abraham and Isaac come down they mm-hmm. gather up with those guys that they left on the, the mountain and they go to Beersheba I just want to know, like, what was going through Isaac's head? Like, really? My dad was about like, to, did he instantly forgive his dad? dad like, it's okay, dad. You me. just about killed me, but there's it's the ram. It's, it's all, all good. good. Hey, yeah, you know, water under the bridge, dad. It's all good. Abraham picks Isaac off. He's like, Isaac, I'm going to be you. traumatized. I'm going to need you to carry this wood back down the mountain. <laughs> and Isaac's like, okay, dad. <laughs> <laughs> carry the altar that I was about to slaughter you on back down the mountain. That, I mean, what? that's true. It's there's a lot of details that that aren't there, and maybe mm-hmm. we'll find out one day in glory. But it's it's interesting, certainly. And, you know, maybe Isaac was like, "Yeah, that was a little crazy, but you were doing what God was telling you to do, and ultimately He carried us through that. So here we are." I so. yeah, I almost see it as like a teaching point. I mean, the whole time, you know, Isaac is Isaac follows his son. dad, and he's like, "Dad, where's the where's the lamb for the sacrifice?" And he said. God will provide a sacrifice, and when, and well, he he gets up there, and I mean, from that Hebrews passage, Abraham had faith that either God would provide uh, another sacrifice, or that He would even bring Isaac back to life, mm-hmm. and and so whenever you see the faithfulness of God, it's not Which only not to out Abraham. Of the possibilities for God, yeah, like whenever you see the faithfulness of God, it's not only Abraham's who's seeing this. You got to remember, it's also Isaac. Isaac saw, like, you know, he saw his, the faithfulness of God. He saw the, um, he saw his father. Who loves him. Who loves him. Who he knows loves him. Mm-hmm. Also uh, be faithful and have faith in God. Mm-hmm. And then he saw that come to fruition. And so all of that, I would say, is very, very, on Isaac, a, a very life-altering moment, a very mind-bending moment sure, yeah. where he, he saw that in his dad positive, trusted him so in a much. positive direction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For I sure. I feel like I can't speak tonight. It's so weird. I can't get out my words. <laughs> well, it's really blah, 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 blah. We're all tired. It is. So, it is um, anything else on 22 before we dive into 23? Uh, just the, mm-hmm. I mean, there was the multiple promises uh, by God, you know, in 16. Yeah, there at the end. And, uh, and he will bless Abraham and multiply his offspring as the stars of heaven. And all the offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because of the faithfulness of Abraham. And then just a little tidbit, cool thing that God does where he's like in 20 through 24. We see here the parts of Abraham's family. And it says, um, now after these things in verse 20, after these things, it was told to Abraham. So God told him. And like, it's just cool to see how good God is by like, also telling Abraham about his family, about being back home. I bet the, that was a relief because he's been go- gone and sojourning for so long. Right. And then he's like, you know, 
Abraham, this is how your family is doing. This is what's going on. They've had kids since you've been gone probably. And, um, and so we know, we see notably Rebecca, um, at this time who will be the future wife of Isaac. Um, and then also the generous generosity that the Lord would give Abraham the word of his family, even though they are separated. I just think that's really cool. But yeah, so then we move on to 23. So, and 23 is a lot of, of narrative. It is. Mm -hmm. As we see Sarah, Abraham's wife, 127 years. At 127 years old, passes away. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died um, at Kiryat Arba, or, you know, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. So, Abraham's wife has passed away. And this is a big reaction to Abraham. A big reaction. Know? I mean, he his begins wife to weep. And love, who has been through so much with him, has, has passed away. And they had seen and been through so many things and been through, like, so many trials. <laughs> and, then, and he weeps and mourns for his wife and then asks to have her buried. And the Hittites say that he can buy the nicest tomb that he'd want there. And then in verse 9, we see Abraham asks to give the full price for the tomb of a man named uh, Ephron. Ephron? No, no, in Ephron? 9. In 9, he oh, says he wants the one of uh, Machpelah. Ah, okay. Yeah. And then, um, which he owns it. But then Ephron was there, and he's like, no, 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 take mine. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's like, take mine, and he interjects. And um, there was actually a couple things. when I thought that was really weird that he, like, would give him yeah. a tomb. And so I actually looked it up, and there... There was a couple different ways of interpreting it. Um, John MacArthur had said that uh, basically, um, what, what was it? Some scholars say that it is out of the generosity that Ephron did this, and others, like John MacArthur, believe that it was not a generosity, but a hint, but a Hittite funeral policy, and it means if somebody was the owner of the land, they would also have to serve as the ruler of the land, and they would make Abraham pay taxes and duties. That's what, yeah. that's what John MacArthur said. And well, so it is actually like, everyone's like, hey, take it. Take it out of my hands, man. I'm, but we'll make you pay taxes on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> my study note says that Abraham refuses Ephron's offer to give him the cave and field without payment in order to establish beyond doubt that the land in question will belong to him and his descendants in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this tomb is used uh, for generations. So yeah, he didn't want to get tied up in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still binding in Genesis 49. 29 through 32, um, a bunch of the descendants of Abraham up until Jacob were buried there. I think Jacob was as well. So um, then Sarah is buried in the tomb that Abraham had bought for 400, I believe, shekels. Shekels. 400 shekels of silver. Price, especially when compared with the field that Jeremiah bought for 17 shekels. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So she's buried there. Interesting tidbit. So study she Bible, is buried. Folks. Abraham now has this plot. This property for burying his dead. And that's about it for chapter 23. Mm-hmm. That's all we got. It's yeah. an interesting exchange, um, for sure. But there's not a lot of depth. I mean, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, Chase filled in on some of the context there with the Hittites. But and now we see Abraham owning this, this field. Yeah, they said... 
Uh, the field and the cave were made over. So it says this is an important summary because finally, after years of nomadic wandering, Abraham owned a small piece of real estate in the midst of all the land divinely promised to him and his descendants. The cave also became many years later the family burial plot for Abraham. Isaac, Rebecca, Leah, and Jacob were all buried there. Wow, so, that's cool. Yeah, thought that was really Very interesting. Cool. Well, that's it for this week on the Genesis series, chapter 20, chapters 22 and 23. Next week, we will pick up in 24. We invite you to join us. Thanks for, for listening in, tuning in. Follow us on Facebook at Average Joe Theology. Yeah. And subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. See you guys next week. Bye. God bless.